Hey, welcome to Theology Jam, another podcast where we're really excited that uh, we have some special guests coming up uh, in future podcasts, but we have special guests on this particular podcast as well. And uh, we're, we're talking about the church, but church in relations to young adults. And um, we have two with us today. Aiden and Shannon, um, who I like to call young professionals. Um, Shannon has graduated. Uh, Aiden is in the process of graduating. But uh, we're hearing a whole lot of tension about the church and how it's reaching young, young, fam- even young families, young adults, you know, that whole category. And uh, I'm two generations removed from these guys. You're one, Matthew, our co-host this morning, is one generation removed. So I'm the old guy in this room. So I'm sure I'm going to learn a lot of things as a lead pastor in a church about what we could be doing better to understand uh, this demographic that I understand is the one demographic that the church is losing very quickly and deconstructing and all that kind of stuff. So uh, Shannon and Aiden, welcome to the podcast. And uh, uh, it's great to have you here. So um, can I ask the two of you a little bit about your faith journey? And uh, as we begin this conversation, whoever wants to start first, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, of course. Aiden. Thank you for having us. Um, I'll, I'll begin. I've been uh, raised in the church since I was born. I was baptized as a baby. Um, so that's been a really wonderful thing for me growing up in the church. It's also been a bit of a challenge because I've never really had to find God through my own way. Mm. Um, so in on one hand, I've always known God, and on the other, I've never had to get to know God. So I'm kind of at a point in my life right now where I don't, I, I don't pray regularly. I'm not a super strong believer, um, but I volunteer my time at church and I live in a way um, that I, I guess, that I should as a Christian. Um, so there is a lot of faith um, as a part of the way that I live my life, but it's not necessarily the close relationship to Jesus that I may may want to find one day. Okay. Wow. What a... I love the way the way you separated those two things. Anyway, but that's really good. Shannon, what about you? Um, yeah, similar in a way. I was raised in a Christian home, um, which I used to not feel ashamed by, but, you know, you hear all these stories about people who are dr- dr- dramatically changed from, oh, like, a drug user who was down mm-hmm. and almost dead to finding Christ. Um but in a way, it's been such a blessing for me because I haven't had to go through that, and I've just had to have got to have Jesus in my life all the time um, growing up and being surrounded by people who just would constantly support me and help me and point me back to Jesus. Um, so that's kind of been all my life, just always known Jesus and, for me, wanted to know Jesus more. Okay. Great. So that's 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 at least the social background that you had, sort of growing up in the church and all that stuff. So you're you're probably um, 
in, in a perfect position that if you're going to talk about the, the positive and the negative elements of the church, um, that's probably one of the areas. Um, how, I'm going to start with the big question. How, in your um, opinion, is the church failing your demographic? That's a really tough question and all of that stuff. And there's a bit of anxiety for us because Aiden actually goes to our church, so I'm going to hear some stuff. <laughs> so this ought to be interesting. Well, I, don't think, I don't think this church is failing young adults. So I, I wouldn't say that the church in general is failing, um, but I think that there definitely is a... Uh, uh, I feel like the church kind of caters to families and people with kids. Like there's the service for the adults and then there's the kids mm. service downstairs. And it's very set up for like your traditional family with two parents and uh. a few kids. And so when like young adults, especially now, aren't marrying as early, aren't having kids as early, um, a lot of young adults are just by themselves and I feel like that's kind of um, a, the church is an environment where somebody by themselves maybe feels a bit out of place yeah I, I, you know that's something that when we talk you know you talk to people and you hear that right and um, yeah that's a I, I think that's an honest solid point you know even even the you know the the the, parent, the the pastors of churches, the leaders of churches. They they all reflect often the you know the traditional family dynamic. Yeah. And, you know the it, it yeah, yeah yeah. It's interesting to hear that. Yeah. Well, I did, yeah, that was very enlightening for me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> to, yeah. To, to say the least. Yeah, are we getting enough gain on. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, yeah, Shannon. What about you? Yeah, I, this is a this is a big subject for me. Oh, all right. um, but I definitely agree with Aiden there, um, especially as a young professional single woman um, coming into the church. I have spent the last couple of years trying to find my home church and going by myself to visit these different churches to try and find where I belong has been really hard because wow. um, I go in. I'm not generally an extrovert. I'm very introverted. So I go in. I visit the church, if, even if I like it, and then nobody comes and talks to me. I'm not usually one to go up to strangers and say, hey, I'm new to the church. Mm. Um, so that's very isolating. And then also, even when I am a part of the church, um, it's very kind of, like Aiden was saying, like families and young kids. And as a woman, if I want to help out, it's always like, oh, go to kids ministry. Mm, and I'm like, yeah. but I, that's not what I want to necessarily be a part of. Um, yeah, because your professional background yeah. is video, film, website. Like, you're, you're a technical person. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a very technical person. And unfortunately, that's a stereotype that doesn't go together very well, does it? No. Yeah. And even the one time that I tried to get on the technical side, I was always kind of like, oh, the guys are going to, they're just going to do it. And I just... Like, they didn't tell me anything. They didn't lead me anywhere. And it was, yeah, it was <laughs> disheartening. Um, wow. But yeah, so, like, in in my journey kind of through all these 
searching for my church, which I have now found where I think I'm going to be happy. Um, but I have seen a lot of the young adults programs that they have, and it hasn't been great. It's been kind of pushed to the side, neglected, like they have something, but it's maybe meeting once a month or not even, maybe once a year, um, and there's no real place for us to connect with other believers our age who are going through the things, the stages in our life, which is huge, like going to school for the first time, maybe leaving home for the first time, yeah. and just trying to navigate that life. Um, there hasn't been anything concrete that I've seen. And the assumption, like, do you, do you feel like the, the questions people ask you too are like, oh, are you married? Do you have kids? Oh, oh is yeah. Is that kind of the, and then do you, you know, I, I'm not trying to lead you here, but do you feel like it's, if the answer is no to that, there's like a wall that immediately oh, comes, up? It comes yeah. up? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. if I go into a church and they're like, oh, what do you do? Like, that that part's fine. Yeah. But then they see that I'm single or whatever, and then they're just, you can just see it in their eyes and in their body. Like they might not actually say anything, right. but you can, you can definitely see it. Well, I'm going to say it because to me, the feeling I would get is what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the implication, right? They ask all these questions and, and all this stuff. That's the way you would walk away feeling. Yeah. That I, I, don't, I don't fit the pattern or the expectancy that we have here. Yeah, that's that's huge, um, and that's a huge, uh, you know. And, and for the record, we'd love you on our tech team, you know, if you're wondering. <laughs> anyway, but <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but, that, but but that has been a that you know the yeah. the the you know, I, I don't want to speak on behalf of like young women, but the the message that that ne- that it needs to be a part of your life to like complete your yeah. your sort of purpose and existence, right? Motherhood or our family in those traditional kind of gender uh, stereotypes and roles, which unfortunately the church tends to have uh, pushed and adopted for, for a long time. And yeah, if anybody's listened to this podcast for any period of mm-hmm. time, that's, that's been a big yeah. area of conversation for Matthew and I, is that I think the whole, the whole uh, way that women are treated in the church is an absolute abomination. Okay, to put it, yeah. you know, not all churches right. or anything like that, but I think generally the, the expectations, the assumptions, all of that kind of stuff uh, has really been detrimental to what I think the gospel is all about. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a big thing uh, for sure. Um, so that's, that's a tension area for you. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, The thing um, that really bothers me is that, um, like, when you think about it, Jesus was in his 30s as a young adult, and he surrounded himself himself with young adults. And that was the core of who spread the message of the gospel after, right? And then in the churches that I've been to, they don't seem to care about the young adults. And I'm like, but Jesus was a young adult who changed the world. So the, there's just no focus on getting these young adults to help change the world. Well, I can tell you right now that people that are going to listen to this are going to have a aha moment because I think there's a lot of people that don't consider Jesus a young adult right? 
or the disciples and everybody that he, or the women that followed him were young adults. You know, we all assume they're middle-aged, older, or anything like that, but that's, that's a really interesting way that you frame that, mm-hmm. and we forget that, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, wow. Aiden, you want to add to that at all or anything? Um, one thing I was thinking, going back to what you were saying about looking around for a church and not really being able to find a place that feels like home, that accepts you, um, another problem I feel that the contemporary church has is that it's very focused on kind of being entertaining and having a Sunday morning that feels like an experience. You walk in, you see like colorful lights and the music is really loud. And then you have, uh, like some churches have like announcements that are almost like stand up comedy. And it's very much like you can just sit in your chair, enjoy the service, and then go home. And you don't need to make a connection at a church. And it feels very like it it promotes shopping around for a church, like looking for the best experience. What's the, the most fun I can have at a church on a Sunday morning? And then you pick that one. And I feel like churches, a lot of churches, mega churches especially, have lost the community and the uh, just the shared feeling you have with your fellow believers at a church where you're all trying to make this church happen. You're all giving your time. You're, you all really care about the people you see. And that community, I think, is lot, has been lost in a lot of churches. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, that's that's been a common... I think, critique of sort of the modern evangelical church, right? It focuses on, a, on an experience and you're, you're sort of an emotional sort of, you know, high or impactful 60 minutes. And, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, when it comes to entertainment, uh, it, it can be a bit of a... Uh, uh, I don't, I don't know how else to say it, but it becomes, it, you know, oftentimes shallow entertainment mm-hmm. is what is what entertains, right? The shallow messages or the, the sort of the theologically neutral or the, um, you know, for a long time it was, you know, the non-offensive or the non, uh, you know, we don't want to ruffle any feathers. We want everyone to sit here and feel comfortable. And certainly there's a place for making sure our language is, you know, not, um, you know, attacking people or excluding people. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot to be said um, about uh, churches that are entertainers and not necessarily the body of Christ and a community. And is, I mean, you, you guys have been to other churches, you've experienced other things. Like, are we, are we hitting on a, on point there or, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, as, as most of these podcasts do, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a bit um, uh, open-eyed and open-hearted about some of the things that you guys are talking about because as a lead pastor, especially in almost 30 years of ministry, that's been the challenge, right? How do you build community. And certainly that's, I think that's the number one priority post-COVID. 
pandemic. Um, I, I think the pandemic taught us two things. We were really bad at discipleship, and we were really bad at building community. Um, and certainly after COVID, that is one of the things that's drawing people back to church, is a sense of belonging, a sense of purpose, a sense of meaning, all of those kinds of things. And that's what fosters community, which is really, really important, something that, Aiden, you, you've alluded to. But community is not exclusive. Like, it's inclusionary of, of everybody and makes everyone feel it's home. Um, can I push back a little bit? Um, and Because I'd, I'd love to hear your reactions, you know. As, as, a, as a lead pastor, you know, um, and looking at ministries, young adults pose a big challenge, right? Okay, you're, you're usually more transient. You're usually not um, as, as oh, I don't want to say the word committed because that's kind of like the wrong word. But because your lives can be so, so um, you know, focused on other things and school and work and all that kind of stuff, you may not always be available or be there. You know, uh, in the same way that uh, maybe a family would because they all gather together and all that kind of stuff. So when it comes to building ministries for young adults, it's a little bit more difficult than other groups. And not, and, and I think it's sad when we don't try at all. That's absolutely sad. But those are challenges. So how, how do we meet those challenges? Or is that fabricated in my own mind? And am I just being the older guy in the room that's looking at an old model, and I need to sort of rethink this? I don't think it's fabricated. Okay. It's definitely true that uh, young adults, especially young adults who weren't raised in the church, are going to struggle to commit themselves to a church. Um, I also think that the church can let them get away with that and let them be, I don't flaky, for lack of a better word, um, by like, I know our church does live streams and does recorded uh, services, but like, in a way, having those available lets you skip Sundays and it lets you do that and you can feel, oh, it's no problem, I'll just watch it online later. Um, and that almost hurts the community because there's no longer the obligation to show up on a Sunday morning and the, um, the desire to actually witness it in person. Okay. Okay. I'm not, I'm not anti-live stream, but yeah, I know you, you just, um, all, all the seniors are going to be listening to this mm -hmm. who, are, who are stuck in nursing homes and that and depend yeah, on the of, live of course, stream. There's, that's a whole, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's so many benefits to the live stream as well. That's just one of, one of the negatives that just popped into my head right now. Yeah, but, but it, it's been brought up many, many times. Yeah. I mean, there is the positive that if you're looking for a church, you can watch online and see if, uh, like for me, two of the important things about finding... But what I wanted to find in a church was that it was biblical and that people actually talked to me. So going online, at least, I could, 
hide myself in my because it's scary to go to church by yourself. Yeah, um, yeah. But I could watch, and I'd be like, okay, this seems like a solid biblical church. Let me now go try it and see if it has this other thing that I'm looking for. So on that way, it's helpful, and it is helpful for um, people who don't know or don't know how to where to even start and there's like thousands of churches not thousands hundreds of churches in a city and they're like where do I start well that can help kind of narrow it down a little bit there um in terms of you were saying uh you don't know if you're fabricating this illusion of what uh young adults want and like I think um Young adults, like with the showy churches and stuff, that can that can be a good thing to bring young adults in, because um, it's attractive, it's fun and stuff. Hopefully, from there they can go and dig in. But if that's what attracts them to Jesus, then great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I also think that for young adults, for my experience at least, having in terms of a program specific, not the church side, but like a young adults program, having something that is relevant to what we're going through right now. Like in these times, it's the live your truth mentality, right? It's the you do you, it's the love is love and all that stuff. And looking like having a place to meet where we can talk about these things and ask questions and figure out how to navigate it through the lens of the Bible, like, that would be huge for me. Wow, okay. All right, because you, you raised really interesting things. That's one of the questions I'm, I'm, I was sort of trying to get to is this whole idea of what are your big challenges right now? Like, apart from how the church may not be, you know, meeting your needs in other ways, you've got a huge cultural influence on you and in many ways, it's uh, disconnected from what the church is all about. So, you know, f- for you on a personal level, you know, you've already mentioned a couple. What, what are some of the other things that, that are challenges in your life right now that the church really needs to help you navigate? I think, like, what I, what I mentioned, those are uh, some big ones. But I also think m- more relevant to... Cause to like transitioning from high school to university because there are the youth programs for like some of them go up to high school. Um, But as soon as you're done high school, it's like done, be free, enjoy the world. Um, And there's no guidance there. So Mm. that's a huge challenge, I think, for people coming from high school, transitioning into university or the workforce or whatever. Um, But how do you how do you navigate that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, how do you like my one one of my jobs was I worked on uh, TV and movie sets in Toronto and that was a wild world um, filled with many people who were very definitely not Christian um, and just like figuring out how to navigate that when and especially when my schedule was crazy long hours that I was too tired on the weekend to go to a church. To go to church. Yeah. How do I still fill myself with? the Holy Spirit when I'm surrounded by these people, like that would have, yeah, that was a challenge for me. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, Aiden, on a personal level, I know Um, that's asking. Yeah. One thing that I have sometimes struggled with, and I know a lot of young adults struggle more with, um, is just being stuck in your bubble with your, like the same demographic of people, 
um, not really experiencing other opinions, pushback, stuff like that. And people can kind of get lost in that. Um, and that's something that the church is already doing well at is just connecting you with people from all kinds of different walks of life, um, different ages, different, different pasts. And that's something that I think a lot of young adults um, are missing, the ones who don't go to church. Um, another struggle that I have um, is, I don't know if you like feel like you're on autopilot sometimes, like you're just doing something and then yeah. you look at the clock and an hour has gone by and you're like, what, what just happened? Yeah. Um, I think like phones, social media are all like really big contributors to that where you can just like go down your like dopamine rabbit hole watching YouTube content or something like that. Um, so the church just being a place away from that to like ground you and uh, remind you like what is actually important about life? What do you actually need to think about? Um, and just being intentional about things, like doing things um, with like morals behind it, with intention, with, uh, with a purpose and finding that way of living your life, I think, is really important for young adults these days. Okay. It's kind of interesting. You know, I'm trying to sort of pick out some, you know, things as I'm just listening to you to talk. It, you know, you brought up, um, you know, the church should be a place where we come and we navigate some of the cultural messages. And unfortunately, church can oftentimes, you know, I, I was actually just talking with some friends of mine and they part of a church for a really long time and they sort of they realized that it was you know all the messages and all the you know the focus of the church was just sort of on the sort of uh social justice issue of the week right and it sort of just was the same as what you'd read on facebook right yep. or social media and we often talk about the dangers of you know, the, the echo chambers and, you know, the church has an opportunity to be a very diverse place with people from different backgrounds and faiths and, and traditions to really, really challenge each other and push back on things. And then you, you know, you talked about the, you know, the, the phone and the rabbit hole of entertainment, right? And we talked about that earlier too. And if the church is just trying to compete with, you know, the YouTube cat video for being entertaining, doing the stand-up routine. I mean, no offense, but the stand-up routines in a church are not as good as like a John Mulaney stand-up <laughs> routine, you know what I mean? So if I got to, you know, if I, if I want to go into an echo chamber and just deal with the cultural sort of, uh, you know, um, hot topic for the week, well, I can do that. I don't need the church for that. Well, you know, and if I want to be entertained on a weekend, I can go to a concert. Or I can go to a stand-up thing. So what what are we doing, right? Like, are we are we countercultural when it needs to be countercultural? Uh, do we have a purpose, you know? And you know, I I believe that purpose needs to be rooted in in the gospel. And and we often can fall into those different poles of 
you know, we don't care about society and justice and those things, or we, that's all we care about. That's right? all we care yeah. about. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, they, they've raised an interesting thing because, um, I think one of the tragedies of culture today is that we've lost the sense of being able to dialogue over anything. It's immediate cancel culture. Right. Yeah. And I think the church is going to be a, needs to be a place where people, different people come together and at least talk about it. Like feel like we all belong, but we're all struggling in one area of life. And the church can be this cohesive thing with the gospel and make people like, even though you're struggling and trying to figure out this journey and everything, we're all in this together, um, you know, under the, under the banner of Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not like a perfect place, but I think just the fact that we can continue having dialogue is, is so countercultural to what, um, you know, I know, Shannon, you mentioned can- cancel culture mm-hmm. is a real problem today. I happen to think Christians started cancel culture. Okay, I don't think many people realize that, but I remember early on in the church, you know, Disney would put on a movie and oh, there'd yeah. be all this, yeah. you know, organization would say, we need to boycott Disney and all that stuff. And I'm going, oh, great. And now cancel culture is a huge deal. And I happen to think Christians started it. Like, come on, guys, right? Is, am, I cra- am I crazy? I think you're right. Yeah. If, if there's one thing about cancel culture... Um, that's not true. I don't think that it's only a like liberal progressive thing. Um, that I think that that's when it started being called cancel culture. Um, but there's so many Christians, conservatives who um, are just content to see an idea out there that just sounds crazy. Sounds like the person saying that is completely out of their mind. Um, so let's not hear that. Like that person doesn't need to share their opinion. It's a dangerous opinion. It's going to radicalize people. It's going to mess people up. So that's that mentality. I think everybody can have. Oh, listen to people like leaving the church stories and deconstruction stories. It's people saying, I tried to talk about this thing, this thing. I raised these questions. I had these, these issues and the church uh, ignored me or told me to stop talking or told me don't say that or don't question that. Like, that's the pattern, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's just... And, yeah, that's just... That's the cancel culture of a different type, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's my my big problem with... As Christians, we are supposed to show love, right? As Jesus loved the world. And if someone's come up, coming up to me and they want to talk about something and immediately I go, no, no. Let's push that to the side. I'm not showing love to them. I'm not showing Jesus' love to them. And they're going to walk away and never come back because I said no. <laughs> um, and I see that like quite a lot in, in churches and Christians. And they're just like, no, no, that's not. But it's like, say, I believe in the gospel of Jesus and this. But if you believe in something else, um, then I'm just not going to talk to you. But you want to tell people about Jesus, so not talking to a person is gonna is not really helping with that. Yeah, um, boy, we could go down so many because <laughs> <laughs> that 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 speaks about judgmentalism and legalism, yeah. which are big. They're they're cults, 
Anything with an ism on the end of it is technically a cult. And this cult of legalism, even Christian nationalism that we're seeing, uh, even it's rearing its ugly head in Canada. Um, these are extreme versions, and, and, and I, there's no place for it. Like um, Super Bowl had commercials from He Gets Us campaign, and one of the commercials was different people washing other people's feet. And, and there were comments that this is heretical, mm. right? And it's like, it was absolutely shocking that this is coming from people who claim to be Christians and this really powerful uh, advertisement of Jesus washing people's feet that maybe don't fit our comfortable paradigm. And people were calling it heretical. Yeah, well, what often happens in, you know, uh, this is, I'm, I'm in a class right now, uh, TAing for a, a class, and this is the huge part of what we're talking about, right? Is when you encounter a different expression of the gospel or a cultural sort of a place where maybe God is at work in a different way, it really exposes our own, uh, like, Canadian dominated cultural expression of the gospel, and it threatens that, right? And, yeah. And so we can react in ways that, you know, we really double down on that or we really want to shut down. You know, it, it really exposes our own uh, real arrogance or sort of superiority that we, you know, we think that the, the church needs to look uh, a certain way and the gospel needs to be expressed a certain way when in reality those are our, our expressions in our particular culture. Um, and I, I, I think there's just a lot of... I don't know. I think there's a lot of younger people who just aren't, you know, they just aren't willing to put up with that anymore, you know? Like, I, I think that's just, um, I'm kind of, it's disheartening sometimes when I'm hearing young people talk about, you know, the church and how they're they're not open to new ideas or not open to rethinking things or different expressions or you know, different ways of thinking. And it, but it's also encouraging because I think there's a generation growing up that really just doesn't have time for that anymore. I, I don't know. I, I, I have hope for you, for the younger well, people. Yeah. You know, thank you for saying that because I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm not looking at these two going, oh, well, like the church is in so much trouble. Like yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the two of them with incredible hope for the future. Like, you know, um, and it's, it's and in your demographic as well, because I know a lot of times you get called all kinds of names, like lazy, entitled, like all of that stuff. I don't. I really don't see that. I really don't see that. And and, and having taught at a college and seminary, um, I saw at least in the in the last I would say five to seven years, an incredible. Uh, you know, influx of young adults who are just passionate for the gospel and passionate for the church and wanting to make a difference in their lives. And that was so heartening. So, you know, to, it's just how do we harness that in a better way than we are at present, right? Mm -hmm. there's, um, there's this ministry in Dallas. Um, it's called The Porch. And I'm a huge advocate for it, um, but it's a young adult ministry, and literally thousands of young adults come to listen to 
uh, someone preach about something relevant to them. And that kind of leads into the, the hope. Like there are, like, and we, and me specifically, I want to know more, I want to do more. And I have like seeing, watching the porch and seeing all those people come on a Tuesday night after work. Tuesday night. Like a Tuesday night after work, after everything's going on in your day, like they still come and they want to be there and they want to learn. And even in like trying to get something like that sort of started, um, there have been so many young adults that have like, yes, this sounds awesome. Let's try and do something. But it's the, there's like that pushback of, as I've said earlier, that the church kind of has been neglecting that kind of the young adult side. Um, but in my experience, like we, we want to. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's well, there. You know, is it Louis, Louis Giglio in Atlanta last month? Oh, I forget the conference that he holds. 300,000 young people in, in, in the stadium, 300,000 of them, and the, the place is packed, and they're, they're singing worship songs and listening to these speakers and all that stuff. And it's like, that would be a beautiful reality mm-hmm. that we need to celebrate, right? Um, wow. So... For your life, what's, what's, what's your desire as a believer going forward? What's your, what's, you know, if God could answer one big prayer for you personally, what would it be? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> since uh, I think kind of what we're talking about, seeing... Um, the church want to be more involved in helping young people, young professionals, young whatever, uh, navigate life because we are in the throes of life change just as, as, as a natural point in the age group. Um, and just seeing them be able to come to a place, make connections, learn about Jesus, learn about Jesus through the Bible with things that are relevant to what's going on, like that would be huge for me. And also as a side note, (laughs) coming into a church as a young adult and having people actually notice that you're there and come up to you and speak to you and not just like, hey, how are you? Mm. That, that's, that really bothers me, the hey, how are you? Because most of the time they walk away before you even get a chance to answer the question. That would kind of be my, wow, okay. my big thing. Aiden? Um, maybe not the answer you're expecting, um, but if God could answer one prayer, that would be all that I need. Because I've prayed, I've never gotten an answer. And I've stopped praying. So. No, definitely not the answer I was, I was expecting. Okay. All right. Um, well, I, I, I know from, from my personal standpoint, I'm going to be praying for what you've both have asked for. On a, on a personal level, 
and, uh, and, and pray that God answers your prayers. Um, I, think, I think you've enlightened us and those will be listening to this in, in, in a new way. And I know I'm going to be a lot more aware as a lead pastor of everything that we do as a church and how it affects or how it's viewed um, from the standpoint of young adults. Um, because um, you, you are not the future of the church. You are the church. I think that's the big mistake. We, even with kids' ministry, like yeah. all that, I think that's a big mistake as we see them as some kind of future entity. Right. The reality is you're the church today, right now, right here, and that's really important. You know, I heard, um, I don't know if this is relevant to you, but I heard life is like in three stages. It's survival, then success, and then significance. That's the way, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think for young people trying to navigate life, they're just trying to survive and figure it all out. And, uh, you know, what's next in life and to survive all the things and all the challenges and all the tensions of culture and that coming at you. And I think the church can have um, a much bigger impact in, not, in helping you not just survive, but thrive at, the, at a season of your, of your life. That makes any sense at, at this point, but yeah, Matthew no, looked like you went. No, it's just there's a lot of you know, like I I have this weird kind of perspective of being growing up in a particular kind of like analog life, and then my adulthood is sort of this digital life, and you know, one we my wife and I often joke about how do you remember when. Uh, when older people were kind of giving younger people a hard time about avocado toast. (laughs) You remember that? It was like, these young people are buying lattes and eating avocado toast, and that's why they can't afford a homes. When my home has quadrupled in value in in 12 years, right? So, like, I... I, the, The generational gap between the people who are in that stage of finding significance, who didn't grow up with an iPhone in their hand, they didn't grow up uh, exiting university with $100,000 in debt, $120,000 in debt, with the prospect of buying a half a million dollar mm. uh, townhouse, right? Like, the, the, the differences are, even between myself and somebody, you know, tw- 20 years younger than me, is is really is really massive, right? It's really monumental, and that brings all sorts of challenges: the economic challenges, the the, lo- the loneliness. Like we we have an epidemic of loneliness because of of technology and those things. So how is the church helping that group? And you know, I just even in my own even in my own experience, you know, I I want to see. I love it when I see older people who are really investing in that, you know, younger generational, the needs, listening to people, helping them, you know, helping them navigate those monumental challenges. And, and what better place for the, like the church has that opportunity, right? Like how, how often do you go to a place where there's people from all over the world and different ages and different generations and different backgrounds and different skills different professions, right? You know, we have the ability to help each other. And um, I hope you don't feel like the church 
you know, doesn't care. You know, that's, that's something we all need to, to work towards. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel that God has any kind of a calling on your lives? Can I, I'll just, I'll, sure. can I just say this, this question, I, I find this so hard. Right. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like people, uh, people of us just, you know, uh, what's the calling? I'm, I'm, I'm just trying my best, man. Okay. Well, <laughs> so you know what? If that weight, if that gets any burden off your you know, yeah. shoulders. Yeah. It is a, it is a hard question. Is there an easier way to ask it? Do you feel God directing you in a particular way in your life? I mean, it's still still a hard question. Yeah. Um, I think more I know that God has a plan and a purpose for my life and that I hope that in my choices I am making the right choices and following his plan. I mean, his plan is going to happen regardless of what I do, but I still uh, hope that in terms of do I know um, other than trying to get more people to know the gospel? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't know. Um, maybe trying to help uh, shape the young, young adults, young professionals, I, that would be awesome. Um, and that has been on my heart for the past couple of years. Um, but yeah, otherwise, <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, you know I, I get the strange sense with you, Shannon, that um, you, you know, the areas... Um, where you struggle with the church are, are passionate areas for you to see some kind of resolution as, as you go, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we may even find that part of your calling is, you know, a number of years down the road that you become instrumental to helping a church foster a young adult ministry that, um, you know, uh, takes care of the deficiencies that you felt growing up. And that would be a huge impact you know, um, because I often feel that the struggles that we have today, God uses them in a way to impact others with the good news later on down. You know, that's that's my experience looking back in the rearview mirror. Things that I thought were horrible experiences or, you know, my my worst experience in ministry, the darkest days of my personal life became how God equipped me to be in ministry today and to see things totally different than what I thought they were. Okay, so um, I know that's a little bit of prophesying over you if, that's, <laughs> if that sounds uh, kind of whatever, but, um, but be open to um, the things that God may be speaking into your life for, for his purposes later on. Sorry, Aiden, did you want to add to that at all? Um, yeah. I don't know. It is, it's hard for me to say what my calling is. I don't know for sure. Um, I feel like nobody knows for sure. But uh, I definitely do think, like, I have certain gifts that, for whatever reason, I, I'm good at and other people aren't, and people can depend on me for those things. Like, I volunteer almost every week, and I'm on something, tech, music, sound, and I have no issue waking up at, like, in the morning on a Sunday, even if I've been, like, out until 2 the <laughs> yeah, night before. Yeah. Like, it, it takes, like, 
no, uh, it doesn't wear on me at all. I can do it every single week, and wow. that's not something that everyone can do. Some people get tired, have to take a break. I think just because I've been in the church for so long, I'm just so used to it, and it's just a part of my like my weekly ritual. It's how I live my life, and there are certain things like that where I, for whatever reason, I'm really dependable in certain areas. And I feel like those, those areas would be my calling, something that I can be dependable at. Well, you know, you've, you've embedded yourself very, very strongly in the psyche of this church in the sense that anything technical, anything musical, anything that's a challenge, you know, whatever it is, you're the first name on the list. Of, we need to reach out to Aiden, you know, and Matthew, you might be second in that. But, but you know, in this, in this room, I'm, I'm looking at the three of you in this room, and there's a lot of expertise in this room. A lot of technical expertise. So, yeah, you just, um, I, I, I guess the advice would be just be open to whatever God has and, and not get yourself locked in. I happen to think God's calling is far broader than, mm-hmm. it's not as narrow as, as we often give it. And uh, God gives us a lot of latitude. And if there's absolutely one thing that God absolutely doesn't want you to do, He's going to turn it around. I honestly think he'll put up a barrier and all of that kind of stuff. But I think you have a lot more freedom in, in that. And unfortunately, we narrow it yeah. down too much. Does that make sense? Yeah, sometimes you'll be doing things and you are like, oh, what's my calling? Or what, what's yeah. my giftedness? And just look at what you're doing. Yeah. Right? And, and just do that. And you find joy in that when you just... And, and it's not a one point at the end no. of the journey. Yeah. It's, it's the entire journey, back and forth, yeah. up and down, yeah, in yeah. and out, and all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Um, is there anything you want to leave us with? Um, you know, my, my big challenge is I've heard some things, and I just, it's, it's things I'm going to be praying about, um, I, w- I would love to kind of snap my fingers and solve, you know, you know, and be able to find a really good resolution. But that's going to be the mental wrestle and, and prayer that I have going forward is how can we do this better? So any, any last things you want to you sort of say and contribute? I know, I'll, I'll yeah. just say that um, I talked a lot about, like, the problems and the struggles I've had, but... I also guess I'll leave off on a lighter note that there is there is a lot of hope, um, obviously in Jesus and uh, who He is, and trusting in that His plan's going to happen no matter no matter what I do or what anyone does. Um, and with the young young adults, young professionals in particular, I do see, like I said, we want to we want to be invested. We just don't know how or don't know where to go. So there is still that hope that things can change and we can make an impact. Okay, yeah. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, I'll say uh, just I think a common theme kind of from this discussion has been like having a strong community and something where people feel comfortable, feel loved, feel like 
Jesus's love as much as they can. Um, so just, I don't know, as a bit of advice to, to people, to the listener, um, just be more empathetic. Like, don't, don't assume things about someone's life. Don't see a young adult and think, oh, they must be married. And if they're not, then they better be married soon. Well, like, yeah. just try and get to know the person genuinely. Like, who are you? Where are you coming from in life? Like, what are your values? What are you... Where do you see yourself? How do you feel about yourself? Like questions like that, um, because I think we're we're very quick to, uh, especially when we have like a book that has rules and morals coded in it. It's very easy to think that there is a right way of living, mm-hmm. and just to be conscious about that. And some people may may be different. Well spoken. Yeah, um, yeah. From, absolutely. From both sides. In fact, I want to I want to thank the two of you for being here. And I have to say, um, both of you have have given us a lot of wisdom. And 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 some um, insights that um, people are think are going to be challenged by. And uh, I think your voices are really important and need to be heard. And I just want to thank you for being a part of this podcast and allowing yourselves to uh, be exposed in this particular way. But I've, I've really been blessed by having the two of you here. So thank you very much. And uh, yeah, Matthew, like another, another one that I, I think it's a gold star for... Um, <laughs> the professor <laughs> gave me the gold star, yes. <laughs> well, thanks for being part of Theology Jam uh, we would love to hear from you. I think you're going to be really blessed by this particular podcast. We are Theology Jam, and if you have a topic or anything that you want to, uh, uh, us to discuss or, and, and bring to the podcast, you can let us know at uh, theologyjam at gmail.com is our email address. And uh, thanks for listening, and thanks for being a part of this, and for Aiden and Shannon. Um, again, we want to just thank you for blessing us today. All the best. Thank you for having us.